This is Channel 253. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rood, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Candice. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, informing an empowered electorate. I thought we were empowering an informed electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Hi, Candace. Today we had a wonderful, enlightening conversation with two members of the Puyallup Tribal Council. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. It's about time, frankly. Absolutely. Super honored they came on, and you will not guess, you'll not be able to guess what a pre-roll costs at Commencement Bay Cannabis. A what? (laughs) It's a weed joke. (laughs) Welcome to Citizen Tacoma slash Crossing Division slash Crossing Tacoma. Cross Um, (laughs) citizens who are unhappy, but not today. But not today. We are super honored and grateful to have with us today from the Puyallup Tribal Council, Chairman David Bean and Council Member Anna Bean. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Yeah, we are really excited because we haven't really had an opportunity to have a conversation with anyone from the Puyallup tribe. And it is such a significant part of our community that this is an opportunity we were really, really looking forward to. Well, Hoxla, hell, good day. Uh, thank you for inviting us to be here. We're happy to be here. Now, so tell me about what you just said. Wahaxlahel. <laughs> uh, it means good day in the Tuashultsi language, which is our native tongue. And you've been taking classes in that recently. Yeah, David you? and I have been. I have been uh, in class for about over two years this summer. Yeah. So I, I see um, Anna's Facebook posts, and it will have comments in this native language, and I can't. I can't even begin to read them. I mean, it must be so challenging to learn a language with a completely different alphabet set and everything. It, it, it can be, but they, we have amazing teachers. Okay. They make it fun. Yeah. And, and, and so when it's fun, it's it, and, and it, it's okay to make mistakes. They yeah. would say, just try it. You know, there's no harm in trying. They don't correct us. Um, they will ask us to repeat it and, and try it a different way. And, 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 and so it's just been a blast. Yeah, just try it on. Um, <laughs> it's a language that, you know, we get so comfortable barely uh, putting out our voice, but it actually comes from every level of your throat to the tip of the back of your tongue. And uh, it's exciting, um, it's uh, refreshing, and it's a revitalization of our language. And they've far uh, surpassed their goals of having so many speakers, and it's just continually increasing. And And it makes you feel more attached to your ancestors. Mm-hmm. It's it's powerful. Yes. We have immersion classes at Chief Leshai schools. Oh, cool. We have online classes where we sit down and FaceTime with the instructor so that folks who have busy schedules or may not live on the reservation or even in the state, they're participating. We had a participant that part- was in Washington, D.C. Oh, and, and so, you know, again, like Anna said, it's, it's bringing that language back to life because yeah. that was it was literally ripped out of us, you know, mm-hmm. when, during the boarding school era when they were trying to kill the Indian and save the child mm-hmm. and, and colonize us and assimilate us. Yeah, I'm sure that the kids were not allowed to speak their language. Not at all. They mm-hmm. were... Um, they were uh, disciplined mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. utilizing the language. And uh, we were hearing a story. I don't even know if it was today or it might have been today when um, Annette Bryan was sharing that, like I believe her grandmother 
didn't even share the language with them until she was much older because she was still in fear of the repercussions of yeah. utilizing the language. She's been very, very kind with her words. They were beaten. <laughs> I bet they were They beaten. were beaten yeah. and tortured for, for utilizing their language. Mm-hmm. You know, when they took the kids, they literally ripped them from their parents' arms and brought them to the school. And, and, and they cut their hair. Yeah. And, and for, for natives, our hair is our strength. And the only time we cut it is to mourn the passing mm-hmm. of a, a relative or community member. And so when the kids' hair, when they cut their hair, it's like, who died? Yeah. So it was further traumatization of our, our children. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Well, we were super excited to have you guys on. We wanted to talk about uh, the tribe, the tribal council, uh, what it means to be, what sovereignty means, and all the exciting stuff you guys have going on in Pierce County. Um, So first, tell us a little bit about yourselves and uh, your time on the council. Ladies first. (laughs) You guys are cousins, right? We are. Yes. You grew up together like... Raised as brother and sister. Yeah, right on. That's my bruh. Okay. Um, Well, uh, I was just elected last year in 2018, so I'm serving my first year of my first term that uh, lasts for three years. Um, It's exciting. You know, there's what you think you know about council um, before you get on, what you see on the outside. And when you get on the inside, it's just a whole new world on the inside of what's really going on and really getting to see how many people we touch, our government-to-government relations, um, how we take care of our... We're reaching we're reaching up to 5,500 members. Mm-hmm. And just thinking of when we're talking about the history and what was taken away, we were a tribe that was almost completely done. Mm-hmm. And to think that we've... We've uh, rejoined the the game of life again, and we're at 5,500 and seeing everything that we're a part of economically and spiritually and our culture and everything being revitalized. It's just, it's an amazing time. It's a good day to be Pialop. Yeah. How long has that taken to get back those numbers back? <clears throat> well, the original roles for our tribe, I believe, was 1929, 1930, mm-hmm. um, and um, that was just a, a list of... You know, at that point, we were all Medicine Creek Treaty tribes, mm-hmm. and that was like banding us off into the Puyallup tribe of Indians. And so really growing from that that time frame, mm-hmm. uh, early 1900s. Yes. Um, for myself, Teeb Stokes, good day. My, my name is Teeb Stokes. My English name is David Bean. Uh, I've been a council member for now. This is my 14th year serving as a tribal council member. Um, I have a, a accounting and business background, so I, I was called uh, by some members from the community who didn't like some of the decisions that our leaders were making at the time. They uh, were concerned about some of the financial decisions that were made and some of the budget, budgeting decisions, and um, we came together and we created a group called Full Circle. In Full Circle, the idea was to get back to our, our basics, back to our roots of, of taking care of one another equally and connecting uh, to our culture connecting our youth and our elders to make sure the lessons were, were taught. And so um, I ran and uh, won a seat and, and have been there for, again, like I said, 13 years. And uh, two weeks ago, my, my colleagues saw fit to um, elect me to serve as chair. Which it's yeah. Thank you. It's been an incredible journey. Uh, but like Anna said, the Puyallup tribe is uh, um, we're fishing people. Um, we have nearly 5,500 members. Now, if you go back just five short decades ago, now in the context of individuals, it's that's a long time. But in mm-hmm. the context of a nation, it's it's relatively short period of time. We were down to just a few hundred members. Oh, really? And and 
I used to tell the story that all we had back in the late 60s was a cemetery and a church. Mm -hmm. We had less than that. Um, One of our elders and former chairwoman, Ramona Bennett, reminds us that tribes were dealt out to the different religious denominations. And somehow Puyallup was dealt to the Presbyterian folks. Mm. And so during the the fishing wars and fishing battles, um, Ramona, if you're listening, I I hope I got this right. Mm -hmm. But... um, during those battles and there were all these headlines, and so Ramona saw fit to write to the Presbyterian Church, the folks who, I don't know what the governing body or organization is, but she said, you are failing. You are failing your responsibilities, and so we would like you to turn these lands back over to us. And it was just a church and a cemetery. Mm-hmm. And the cemetery was um, children from all directions were, were buried because, you know, we had the Cushman Indian School, which was later turned into the Cushman Hospital and then ultimately into a detention, a youth detention center. And that's where we were able to reclaim that because they violated the terms of the deed. Okay. And so I'm going to say in the late 70s, mm-hmm. uh, we reclaimed that property. And where, where's that located? Um, that right it? now, it's where the Emerald Queen Casino, uh, Tacoma, um, okay, I-5 location is presently located. So on top of that hill, we came in under the premise that it was going to be a powwow, a celebration, and then we never left. Okay. And so um, a letter was delivered to the state, and they evicted the state, and um, finally we you know, and we reclaimed that land. Um, but if you go back to the very beginning of, of the recognition of, of tribes and tribal sovereignty, tribal mm-hmm. sovereignty is our inherent authority to govern ourselves within the confines of our, our traditional homelands, mm-hmm. which happen to be here uh, within the within the Pierce County, within the city of Tacoma, Fife, Puyallup, Edgewood, Milton. All those towns are encompassed within our reservation. And so we own checkerboard pieces of that reservation. But if you go back to the fishing wars where people were simply trying to fish as our ancestors have fished since the beginning of time, they were arrested, they were beaten, mm-hmm. you know, they were shot at, tear gassed, all of that. All those battles led up to the Bolt decision mm-hmm. in the early 70s, which recognized our right to take fish um, according to the treaty. It also was a court mandate, um, a court mandate from the uh, uh, federal court to the U.S. government to honor their treaty obligations. And it was more than just fish it was more fishing. Than it fishing, was yes. also all sorts of gathering and hunting and yeah, other hunting, gathering, too. education, mm-hmm. healthcare, housing, all these things that were promised to the, the treaty signers at the time of you know the wars. You know, we, we finally said we don't we don't want to fight no more, and so we mm-hmm. signed this treaty in, in exchange for ceding um, all of our land to the federal government. In return, the federal government was to provide housing, health care, mm-hmm. education, and they weren't doing that. Right. And so that bolt decision, I think, was an important uh, turning point in the history of not just Puyallup, not just tribes here in Washington, but tribes throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. So if you fast forward to today, we, we, we want our fishing rights. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then the I, I shouldn't say fast forward to today, but to the bolt decision. Mm-hmm then became the battle to implement right. the bolt decision. There was still resistance. And to, I think it's very difficult for people to understand this, that first of all, this is a treaty, this is an agreement, a legal agreement. In perpetuity by the federal government, that yes. That was, was really completely disregarded Correct. by the government. Yes. The Constitution recognizes treaties as the supreme law of the mm-hmm. land. Mm-hmm. And again, that's where the courts finally mandated that they, they honor it. So we had to implement, we had to battle, they finally got it implemented, then it became... Um, we were co-managers with the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. And then we have the battle to protect 
this natural resource. And, and now you fast forward today right. in, in the liquid natural gas plant where, plant where Anna can and talk about our efforts mm-hmm. to battle and oppose <laughs> the development of this, you know, as Ramona likes to describe it, this ticking time bomb mm-hmm. yeah. here in, within yeah. our ancestral homelands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get that, let me ask you about this, because one of the things I think that was important about the Bolt decision, and I'm kind of deviating off of our plan, yes. but, um, you know, it, it was really as much about sort of respect and acknowledgement, I think, as it was about treaty rights. So to me, that's that's the demarcation of sort of saying you have not just – no one is giving you the right to exist. No. It is – you have it. You are here. You have been here. These are your ancestral lands and you're sovereign. Yes. You, you're mm-hmm. as sovereign as the country of France. We are sovereign as the United States of America as well, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yes, I mean, it, and on your land – you make the decisions. And yes, I think ma'am. that people continue to have a little bit of a struggle with understanding what right. that means. That is very true. So being two, two members of uh, seven uh, elected members of the Puyallup Tribal Council, it's the governing body of the Puyallup Tribe of Indians. We, we make and pass laws. Mm-hmm. We, we pass budgets. Um, we interact with our local governments. And as we were talking about earlier, and I'm sure we'll get to later, but, you know, we interact with our, mm-hmm. our, our neighbors, you know, mm-hmm. the city of Tacoma, the city of Fife. Pierce County, the state of Washington, and even the federal government. Well, I guess how how would you say that relationship is going now? So you are a government. You are interacting with other governments like our city government, county government, state government, federal government. And I would say a few years ago, I've lived here for about 20 years, I didn't think things worked too well in terms of inter- relationships. That is so true. They, it hasn't always been um, the rosy relationship that we have today. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was one that was tumultuous and combative. And again, it was about folks not understanding tribal sovereignty, mm-hmm. folks being resentful about our, our existence, about our right to take fish, um, folks being resentful about the funding we received from the federal government. And again, that's, I, I want to say ignorance, ignorance in that they don't understand about treaties, the treaties we talked about a few moments ago that, you know, it's it's a form of rental payment mm-hmm. from the federal government. Again, the agreement was you cede the lands to the federal government. You you live in this area, and in return, we will provide you healthcare, housing, education, and a variety of government services. And so, the funds that tribes receive it's it's not free. It was bought and paid for mm-hmm. with the the lands, the the blood, the sweat, and the tears of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Annie, you want to jump in there? No. We covered that. <laughs> so do you, want, do you want to, should we? Well, I was just going to say, well, so now might be a good time to sort of deviate into right. the liquidified natural gas refinery, as I call it, uh, because my this My plan's is, all gone. I don't know when I'm going to ask my questions. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. Go Sorry. ahead. So, I mean, this is kind of one where I think a, a local government body, the Port of Tacoma, made decisions without... I would say, personally, really letting the people who are going to be impacted by those decisions know what's going on. Yeah, there was not proper consultation with the Puyallup Tribe of Indians prior to getting into that project. And so tell me about how the tribe looks at this LNG uh, refinery and the process and what's going on now and where it should go. How the tribe looks at the – well, first of all, I – I would say that we would look at it as it's a very disrespectful uh, situation they've gotten themselves into mm-hmm. in regards to um, our relationship down there. I mean, we do have the 1990 land claim settlement um, in that area, 
And the area that the LNG facility is located on is within yards of Puyallup tribal land. It looks directly across from our marina Mm -hmm. in the waterway there. Um, It's um, smack dab right on towards the end of the port. It's right near where the riverboat is still located. Yeah, it's right down the road from the uh, Puyallup tribe's uh, old Emerald Queen Casino location Mm -hmm. where the riverboat is located. And currently our Puyallup tribal fireworks are yeah. located there right now. So yeah. it's just, yeah, it's right down the street. So your tribe actively makes use of that land. Yes, we do. It's not something that you have no connection with. You're there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's it's a disregard for those relationships. Um, it's upsetting to think that even through this, they've continued to build without the proper permits. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gotten pretty far. I don't know if anybody's seen mm-hmm. it recently, yeah. but I mean, it used to be just looking like a, t- a can, but now it's like getting a... <laughs> It's getting an exterior to it, and they got oh, flags on top of it. It looks like they moved okay. in. I'm pretty sure they're going to start planning something soon. I'm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. So yeah, one question I had is, I know there were there were legal actions taken by the tribe to, to try to stop the LNG plant from being built. What's the progress or what's the status of those right now? I wasn't in- Ooh, well, clearly it's it's still moving forward, and okay. we and, and those were throwing. You know, we don't want to remind it of it as you ask that question. I'm not sure if you've seen the movie called Avatar. Yeah. I have not. You, you I, have I need it. to, but I haven't seen so it. So their unobtainium is what they were trying to get on this mm-hmm. planet. They were trying to harvest it. And they had all these um, folks on the planet who resembled Native Americans. And mm-hmm. they rode um, animals that resembled horses. And they had this sacred site, this sacred tree, much like we have our sacred lands and our sacred water. And so these these folks were coming in, these developers were coming in with these big machines, massive machines, and you had the original habitats of that land fighting them, and they were throwing spears at these giant machines, and, and it was equivalent of that, you know. Yeah. It was, and so that's kind of how the court action is going with uh, <laughs> Puget Sound Energy. You know, we're throwing pebbles and, and, and spears at them, and it's just not piercing those giant mm-hmm. machines that that's bought and paid for, mm-hmm. you know. And h- how we got here is because we didn't have that great relationship with the city of Tacoma, mm-hmm. the port of Tacoma, Pierce County. We have a long history, but not a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, about three years ago, we began this uh, um, efforts to engage them one-on-one, break bread. Mm-hmm. Y- you don't really get to know someone until you've broken bread and, and learn about one another, learn about their values and what's important to them, what they feel their purpose is. And, and in return, we share ours. And so one by one, we got to know uh, members of council, uh, the Tacoma City Council, the Five City Council. And then an election took place in, uh, with the county. You know, um, Former um, Senator Damire, Bruce Damire, is now the Pierce County Executive. He was someone who reached out to the tribe long ago, and so we began those one-on-one conversations with them. So had we began this process a long time ago, we could be very well be having a different conversation. And, and like Anna points out, had they not disrespected tribes, we very well could be having a different conversation on, on Puget Sound Energy. We all want clean, burning energy, but at what expense right. in, in a, when, when you're fracking, people are unaware of, many are, not, not all, but many are unaware of how folks get come across this natural gas and that fracking just does irreparable damage to, to the, the mother earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've seen instances where people's sinks were shooting out flames yeah. as a result of, you know, the fracked gas effort. We sort of have a whole <clears throat> really pipeline of damages, don't you? You've got the fracking that occurs where it's being extracted and all of the environmental harm that's causing to those communities. Then you have a pipeline that is a risky operation. Mm -hmm. And then you end up down at the port 
where you've got a refinery operation that may or may not have some very serious risks there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that a lot of us have raised concerns and we haven't really had those concerns answered. Mm -hmm. And now we get a sense that they may be looking at exporting um, that fuel, either, you know, barging, shipping, they or still train. still have a, for sure, uh, customer at this point. Yeah. Uh, back on the part where about the how the tribe stands, honestly, the tribe may not have gotten to the level we have without the grassroots of Tacoma, and that would be like Redefine Tacoma, Tacoma 350. Um, there's so many different groups that have been a part of getting us down there, and um, that's actually how I became involved. David was on council, mm -hmm. and there was a call out, I think, from Redefine uh, to have some folks from the tribe come down, and that's where Dakota and I first met up, and then we became the water warriors fighting yeah. it as tribal members um, and becoming aware of what was happening, what wasn't supposed to be happening, and how we needed to fight against um, what was happening. Mm -hmm. Well, and I know that you've built your relationships and have been building them, but have you felt that you get listened to on the water warrior um, efforts? Because my perception is is that you still get a little bit of the, oh, you know, you're just a you're just talking and there's nothing that anyone can do about it. Um, I actually, I think that we do get heard as the water warriors, as we are tribal members. Yes. Um, and um, at first we weren't too sure about that our, ourselves, and mm -hmm. we were asking our leadership to come and help and be a part of what was going on down there. Um, we didn't know that they had, um, were fighting in litigation. Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't on that side. I wasn't up there. I didn't know that at the time. And so, um, actually, we do. Um, the Water Warriors have earned a reputation of people to call on for, you know, anything that has to do with uh, standing up for Mother Earth. Good. Yes, Anna, Anna didn't tell the full story, but we <laughs> were actually opposing the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh -huh. And we actually traveled to North Dakota to stand with our relatives at Standing Rock. Okay. And so how did that, how did that experience that was a powerful experience yeah. of, you know, of tribes from all directions coming together to support one another. I and, watched and some of the video of the different tribes arriving, mm -hmm. and I just got chills down my spine when it, someone's, the, this little, you know, whisper started of, the Aztecs are coming. Yes. The Aztecs are here. Yes. It was well, amazing. It, it, so while they were battling the Dakota Access, we were also um, opposing the methanol plant. Mm -hmm. Right. right. And, and so that, you know, that's how consultation can work because actually, you know, that we received notification on that. We began to attend and give our public comment. And, and through working together with all these grassroots organizations, we're able to you know, bring to their attention that you're literally going to be utilizing millions of gallons a day. Mm -hmm. And Water. so yeah. we were able to uh, successfully oppose that and shut that down. Right. Meanwhile, on, under the surface, mm -hmm. LNG was working its way. So we, you know, in support of our, you know, um, South Dakota, or North Dakota relatives, you know, we, we had a rally in, mm -hmm. in the fall of 2016. And, oh, that was the first time I seen. And, and so we had Anna. We brought mm -hmm. Anna out to march, and she was yeah. marching with us, and, and she was hooked. And um, <sighs> we couldn't be at events, and I'm like, Anna, you're going to have to be there and speak. And, and she didn't, she showed up, didn't hesitate, showed up and has not stopped since. Yeah. And so. And, and uh, one of the things about uh, the LNG facility and when he's bringing up the methanol, I think that's why it took so long for folks to even kind of catch on is because so many thought it was the methanol. 
Right. And they're like, didn't you guys beat that? Why are you guys still talking about it? And I was like, because we don't, we're not over it yet. No, it's moved on. And we had to start educating people on, you know, I had to be educated on LNG myself and Mm -hmm. understanding the harms that it could do um, to our air, water, and land. And so, um, of course, uh, being that that would be on our ancestral areas, of course, we're concerned. And the... LNG plant was actually, I think permits were filed before the methanol plant even. So it was very yeah. quiet in the beginning. Yeah, very, very sneaky. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm interested in kind of what you said earlier. And I hear this a lot from elected officials kind of all over the place. Like you thought the tribal, you, you learned a lot and you about the tribal council when you got on the council. What are some things you learned that, that the tribal council does or that it's involved in or that it contributes to Pierce County that you maybe didn't know about before or just the relationships that it has? Well, I do come from the Emerald Queen Casino. I was there for 20 years, actually, like, celebrated my 20 years, like, I think a day before I got elected (laughs) or something, like, around there. And um, so, I mean, I knew that we did contributions and things like that. But seeing, uh, like, the overall contributions of the Piaup tribe, I was never sure, like, how that all worked. And um, every level that we touch on, it's just um, there's so much every single day. And um, we meet on, like, everything, and uh, we're in the process of modernizing government at the Piaup Tribe of Indians right now, and it's a very exciting thing to be a part of as a tribal member coming outside in mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, seeing the things that you thought were flawed coming out, but you just had no idea about what was really going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oftentimes people speak of the negative things, but that's what I've really got to experience is the amazingly beautiful, positive things that the Piaup Tribal Council does and is a part of and um, how an idea, just an idea and watching it grow into what it can be. Um, And sometimes it surpasses our goals. And um, just to be able to service the membership at that level, you know, I've I've been in the Piaup community and I thought I knew everybody until I got on council and I realized I only know a small portion of our, our membership in um, we have in, in uh, like the level of education that our, our children and our people are able to receive, just the benefits of um, that we, we service to our members is unreal. And it's really exciting to see where we came from because, uh, you know, the Piaup tribe was not a very, you know, uh, rich tribe. It's grown into what it has and uh, seen where we place those monies, what we consider to be important, what's not important. And uh, just seeing that it's a it doesn't have a time clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're busy all the time. <laughs> and when I first started, you know, I wanted to be a part of everything and I thought I was going to burn myself out. But a light day is 12 hours. Oh, wow. That's a light day. Yep. Wow. And um, and um so we take our breaks when we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized we weren't, like, I think I lost a whole bunch of weight when I first got on council. <laughs> we were meeting through lunch. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, we're eating. And then they started Do we bring, not eat on yeah. this council? And then I, and I didn't want to miss out on anything. I didn't even want to take bathroom breaks. Yeah. And then, um, but it's amazing. It's, so that's the, the positive side mm-hmm. of what the tribe does. Because on the outside, you only see what you see. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how blocked off I was as a member of seeing all the good and I mean I'm always proud to be Piala but not understanding uh, everything that it took to be Piala I think sometimes is and that's the thing that's mind-blowing to me all the time. One of the things that you've been doing on social media is because I follow Anna on Facebook Mm -hmm. is um, you have been profiling like different um, areas uh, within the tribe 
um, sort of administrative system, yes. which I find fascinating. But I also think it's great because, you know, you are a big employer. You are a right. big organization. And so talking about this office does this task. These people are the payroll people. Mm-hmm. I think so, it's really interesting. So what you get on the outside is you see phone numbers or mm-hmm. you know there's a department, but you never ever see the face to the person you're speaking to on the other line or yeah. the email or text or putting out the post. You never get to know who those people are. And um, from the Emerald Queen, I was uh, in charge of recruiting and I was in part of... Yeah, you were in the HR? Yes, yes. Yeah. I was uh, yeah, and then um, and then the employee recognition side of it all. And I, I guess for me, uh, when I'm in there, I'm being the Pialop council member I always wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who told me all the business without having to ask. Yeah. But just it's so nice for people to feel appreciated. They're feeling appreciated by my future Fridays. Plus, you mm-hmm. get to know what exactly they do. And you get to see those faces that you've connected with so many times and you've never, ever seen them. Mm-hmm. It's unreal to me. Yeah. So lifting the veil on what actually yeah, goes on, letting people yeah. get a, a peek. So as I'm getting to know, when I feature those Fridays, it's usually within the week that I've met all of those people. Mm-hmm. And that picture is I'm me taking it from meeting them my first time, and I'm introducing them to all those that follow me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. great. So, yeah, it, it, it is quite a bit to take in. The Puyallup Tribe employs nearly 3,500 people mm-hmm. wow. through the tribal administration through the Emerald Queen Casino, through the Puyallup Tribe Health Authority. Oh, you've got a, quite a robust health authority, we, too. We have several. Yeah, we yes. We, we service, uh, there's 25,000 25, natives that live in the Pierce County area. Now, we do our best to service them all, but we're not able to. But yeah. through our clinic, PTA, Puyallup Tribe Health Authority, through our school, Chief Leshai Schools, yeah. pre-K through 12, um, we're, we're, we're servicing folks. Um, we have our mental health services economic development exercise outside of gaming many think that um the casino is a large economic engine for the tribe but we have marine view ventures also which employs uh 100 plus employees their their responsibility is to develop the tribe's commercial and industrial properties that were obtained through the settlement agreement that anna mentioned earlier they also have developed they're they're responsible for developing our fuel stations Mm-hmm. We've we've signed a fuel tax compact with the state of Washington. As a tribal nation, we negotiated with the state of Washington to collect our own taxes on on sale of goods and services um, on properties owned by the Puyallup tribe. You know, we have compacts uh, for uh, fuel fuel mm-hmm. tax. We have compacts for tobacco tax, mm-hmm. compact for liquor sales, and, and a gaming compact. Yeah, and so and, it'd be. Uh, do we not we we can. have a... You can. can cannabis compact. You can say yes. cannabis. Nice. You just opened it. Yeah, you can say weed. Cannabis. Uh, our second Store. location yes. of uh, CBC uh, Commencement Bay Cannabis just opened in March. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it was it was the big opening was at, what, 420? Yeah, when Cheech our and Chong opening. were yes. in town. Oh, that's opening. right. Yeah. Yeah. I read yeah, about actually, that. Yeah. I, was, I thought it, well, it was a soft in March, but it was, yeah, so... Our second location open. It's exciting to even be into the having in conversation at the table. I tell them all the time, I can't believe I get to talk about cannabis at work. Yeah. <laughs> like who gets to do that? And just seeing um, we're looking at the medicinal values of um, the, the cannabis industry and how that will affect our people, our elders and um, illnesses and, you know, the opiate addiction and mm-hmm. um, as well as an econo- a new economic arm to the Pialp tribe. That's great. I think we're going to pause here and then we'll come back talking more about 
economic issues and some other tribal issues and where we want to go in the future, but we'll take a short break. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay. This is Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan MVP Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Nerd Farmer. Hope and I are setting off on a new adventure. We're moving to the Middle East for the next few years and exploring a new culture. Don't worry, don't worry. The Nerd Farmer podcast isn't going anywhere. But do you know what is coming with us? My Alaska Airlines mileage plan. Here's what's cool. Alaska has more than 15 global partners, which allows me to earn and use Alaska miles even when I'm not flying Alaska. So if I leave SeaTac and fly direct to Dubai on Emirates on an eligible fare, I'm going to earn Alaska miles on that flight. That means whenever I fly home, I'm going to be racking up some insane miles that I can use to book future travel. If you have an international vacation plan, check out the list of Alaska Airlines partners like Japan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Qantas, and a whole lot more. Enter your Alaska Airlines mileage plan number when you book with Alaska Global Partners and watch those miles add up toward elite status on your next trip. My thanks to Alaska Airlines for their continued support of Channel 253. Learn more at alaskaair.com backslash global partners. Welcome back. Uh, so if you're enjoying this conversation, we implore you to please become a member of Channel 253 where you can hear awesome podcasts like Crossing Division and Move to Tacoma and Interchangeable White Ladies and Nerd Farmer Podcast. And I'm stalling because I'm waiting to see if membership actually costs less than a pre-roll. Anyone, did anyone come up with an answer? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's about $3 at commence of big cannabis. So you damn Okay. Me. So two things. A, if you want some bargain weed of highest quality, very high quality, head to Commencement Bay Cannabis. I know you're on the corner of uh, where that old mint is. 30th in Portland. Oh, yeah, Pack Pacific Highway and 54th Avenue in yeah. Fife, Washington, and newest location on uh, East 30th and Portland Avenue. Oh, excellent. What a seamless okay. plug. I know. <laughs> so, in Mayor, uh, probably our uh, membership in Channel 253 costs a dollar more. A dollar more a month. <sighs> Four dollars a month. Yeah, but still go get your still a good deal. Go get them. And then now you know where to go for your pre rolls. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about. Uh, I am mm. I am very interested. Well, before we get into this, because I'm really interested in land use issues, but I want to touch on also policing issues. Yes, ma'am. So the Puyallup tribe had a tragedy of a member who was killed by the Tacoma Police Department. We You're did. doing some price checking. She is. Okay. She's trying to prove me wrong, but she'll she'll learn. Oh wait! Oh, fifteen dollars for that. Those one. are some premium pre rolls oh, you're looking at yeah. there. Okay, so for the best in pre rolls, you're going to be paying more than a Channel Two Five Three membership. Right. Copy. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk policing. So yes, this was, I think, a very horrible and tragic yes. and serious issue, and I think really kind of teed up the idea of, you know, Tacoma. Hasn't had, thank God, its Ferguson situation, but right. we have had situations where we're not sure the police department is really understanding or getting, you know, the needs of different communities within Tacoma. But what's happened since then? So since then, um, you know, the, there's been this, again, a grassroots effort on, on the part of our community members and, and our friends in, in many different communities. African-American community have come together and put together legislation um, called uh, I Initiative 940 De-Escalate Washington. That's right. The tribe was really and, a big well, supporter of yeah, that. Yeah, and, and when he's speaking grassroots, the Piala mm -hmm. tribe first came out with Justice for Jackie. Yes. Um, in, in memoriam of uh, Jacqueline Sayers. Sal Sawyers. Sawyers. Yeah. That was um, 
murdered by the it was it was a tragic loss of a a young woman a mother a daughter Mm. an auntie and and it could be any one of our our sisters our our aunties our moms and and so you know we all came together to support this legislation and and make sure law enforcement officers are are held accountable there are many good law enforcement Mm -hmm. officers and there are some who make bad decisions and Mm. this was an attempt to address those who are making bad decisions and making life much harder for their um, other brothers in blue. And, you know, it, it got the two communities talking. You know, it, it got the police um, community talking to the citizens that they serve. It, it got tribes talking, uh, not just with, with the city, but with each other. We right. reached across the state of Washington. We did a 29 tribe tour last year. It was, you know, to raise the awareness of not just de-escalate Washington, but another environmental initiative that was being pushed, mm-hmm. as well as to get out the vote. Mm-hmm. And, and so it brought folks together. It brought us together in a good way. And it's sad that it, it took a tragedy. But until folks are, are personally impacted, right. rarely will they feel compelled to act. Mm-hmm. And that was the, uh, the unifying factor. Although it, a tragic one, it was a unifying factor that brought us together to create the change that we seek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, is the Tacoma Police Department doing some interaction with you, reaching out to you to talk about how they move forward and implement I-940? Yes, they, they're working well. And um, I, I've not worked closely in that field. Uh, mm-hmm. Councilmember Tim Raynon and James Councilman James Rideout have been mm-hmm. uh, the front runners on that topic. And, and they would say that the city of Tacoma is, is working well with the Puyallup Tribe, um, as well as the Puyallup Tribe Police Department. Mm-hmm. Now, we have, um, we have 63 departments within the Puyallup Tribe. The law enforcement is one. We have 29 officers. Wow, I was just going to ask that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. 29 officers, and I'll go back to the federal government's responsibility to fund public safety. Mm -hmm. Um, We have about a $5 million budget for our public safety program, and we only receive 10% of that funding from the federal government. And so um, we fund a large part of our public safety dollars from tribal dollars, which, again, come from gaming Mm -hmm. and, and our fuel tax. I think that's a really important message is that, you know, people will see the outward signs that I think very successfully show what the tribe has done. Mm. The casino, the new bigger casino that's going to open up, the gas stations, the revenue from these things. And what they may or may not realize is everything that's being run with this money. I mean, it's really a very comprehensive, I would say, beneficial um, trying to serve your population. True. With respect to the federal government and their funding, we have about 50 to 60 percent of unmet need from the federal government. So, you know, we have a responsibility to take care of our community. We, we, we had a recent retreat and we talked about what our mission is and what our goals and what our purpose is. Our purpose is to take care of our community in utero to the grave. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that with 40 to 50 percent of unmet need. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have a responsibility to step up our economic development efforts. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we do through Marine V Ventures, through the Emerald Queen Casino, through the Commencement Bay Cannabis. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we opened a cancer center. We opened up a, um, a testing lab, Medicine Creek Analytics, to test all of the 502 products in the state of Washington. We've um, so we're, we're doing our part to, to take care of our, our neighbors and our community. Um, like I said earlier, when, with, with respect to our, our neighbors in the city of Tacoma, Fife and Pierce County, is we have to work together mm-hmm. in order to grow together. It'd be amazing if every other community cared for its 
people that way from, you know. Wouldn't it? Yeah. That's just like such a nice thought. You actually have a, a community rally around you and a government that cares yeah. about you. It, yeah. it, we, you know. <laughs> Doug's like, oh. Yeah. Listening, I mean, listen to the stories handed down from our, from our ancestors to our elders and to us. You know, we took care of everything. We took care of our community. You know, we, we, we were hunters, we were gatherers, we were fishermen, we were weavers. You know, we made our own clothing. We, you know, we got our hunting fish for our own food. And so we were incredibly, um, we were progressive in that we, we took care of everybody. You know, we, we wealth was, is, was not a word in our community, but if, if wealth was um, how my mom, um, Gloria Bean, how, how she said the wealthiest person um, was the person who was able to give the most away. Mm-hmm. And again, that, that ties into Puyallup Tribe being the land of the generous and welcome, the welcoming people. Mm-hmm. Generous and welcoming. We we were taught to give things away. Well, in that case, your mom was considered a baller. Yes. She, she, we didn't she have, growing up, we didn't have much, and we watched her give things away constantly. <laughs> and, and, and it was like she always said there was someone who needed it more than us. And so, uh, okay, that yeah. was a lesson we learned. And that's a lesson not, not just we're not taught, but throughout our community, we're all taught that to, to take care of one another. Well, let's talk about the new casino. What's your what's yeah. your time frame for opening that up? Because when can I lose all my money there? Yeah. Um, well, you can go to the I-5 location right now and do that tonight if you'd like. It's still open <laughs> until the new one comes up. Uh, Is we're it going to close after that? Um, uh, yeah, when we move okay. into that facility, yes, and um, that's another fun area. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we uh, – we're looking at uh, – we're looking at a December – 2019 opening. Okay. Um, the original opening date for the Riverboat Casino was 12 19 1996. Okay. So, so kind of keeping some in line. Nice hope, reasons. That's that's the target. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're looking forward to, and everything seems to be moving along really well. Um, again, somebody who was employed at the Emerald Queen Casino for 20 years. This is the evolution of the Emerald Queen Casino. It's so crazy nice and Mm -hmm. to raising the bar on everything that we've been doing and all the work of those who've been inside and been on on the outside and uh, our leadership and everybody who's been involved. It's beautiful. And I'm assuming that you will have um, expanded like concert space and things like that in the new facility too. Yes, there is a a new concert center. I'm really excited to see that fully go. Um, They have these retractable bleachers in there, like these chair systems in there. I'm waiting to see that. Mm -hmm. Um, We have this humongous screen that usually goes on tour like with folks um, that's going to be behind it that's going to. Uh, match a lot of places that you go for concerts and um, it'll have that there's going to be a whole dining area different restaurants in a row that are more accessible than having to go to one end of the casino to the next so it's almost like a like a food court but not Mm -hmm. necessarily and then our gaming will be in the center Um, just even like every detail um, getting to see the building of this and uh, even like certain corners like seeing how um, there's going to be a lot of um, culture, uh, the Piop culture inside. There's a culture team that's been, that's working in a big, huge warehouse down here in Tacoma right now, getting things ready. Just seeing everything um, being put together is just, I can't even believe it. Well, it's already really, I think, stunning and noteworthy to have that expanse of red mm-hmm. and then the black and the gray Sort of, and as I understand, so it's like a woven pattern. Basket, yes, um, um, I had to correct myself because I would be the one out, outside while they're putting the panels up. Yeah. And I'm coming in after many meetings at uh, the 
my council team had been sitting in and they were talking about it being a basket and I'd been gone for like a week and I came back and I hadn't noticed and I had to go outside that night and I seen it and I was like I had to send them all a text you guys were right right it's supposed to uh look like a woven basket on the outer yeah. part but I mean it's it's significant to me too because when you look at some of the other tribal casinos around the state they're all a lot of them really great but this is the first one that really looks Puyallup to me yeah, that was our goal. This is a 300,000-square-foot facility with 100,000 square feet of gaming space, and we really wanted to tell the Puyallup tribe stories. As mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, we were hunters, we were fishermen, we were weavers, and when you walk through there, you're going to see our connection to Mother Earth. It tells the story from the mountain, out of the mountain all the way down to the bay, and mm-hmm. when you walk through the casino, you'll see something that um, emulates the river, the flow of the river, mm-hmm. the trees around it, the berries. Um, the water, and so everything there is going to tell a story about the Puyallup tribe. You're going to see names of our restaurants. It's going to have the tribal names. You'll see the artwork that Anna mentioned. We have carvers, um, painters, weavers who are all participating in laying out the the internal workings and external mm-hmm. um, showing of the Puyallup tribe. And so it's just going to be an incredible um, story that's told through the eyes of our artists and our elders and, and our community members. We're so excited to to see the, this facility come to life and, and just be a premier gaming facility within the state of Washington and continue to employ 2,200 um, people wow. at the casino. That's amazing. How, is that an increase from the number employed in gaming now? Well, it's, you know, I apologize. It's going to be more than that. Our present number is 2,200. We're going to... It's- it's around getting anywhere between twenty three hundred. Um, I don't know. Uh, I know staff is slowly increasing, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it it'll probably increase more actually. by the time we actually fully get running. Mm-hmm. And, and then back to the venue. Um, our present capacity is uh, seating of seventeen hundred. Mm-hmm. It's going to the new venue is going to increase by nearly fifty percent to twenty five hundred wow. seating capacity. Wow. And you know, big they have a 50 foot mm-hmm. screen that they really want to utilize to capture tomorrow's gamers, mm-hmm. those kids that are using um, the, the, drone, oh, yeah. the drone races mm-hmm. and the different video games that are out there. And so, our, our general manager, Frank Wright, is really looking forward. He wants to you know, capture tomorrow's gamers, tomorrow's action. And uh, he, he's providing that opportunity today with this development. Wow. That's going to be so great. And then by next summer, we will be having um, our hotel opening and that's exciting um i can't wait to be on the rooftop of that um in the what is it a, a bar upstairs it's a restaurant lounge up restaurant top. yeah and and that is like um somebody did like a 360 view for us about mm-hmm. what that would look like and it's going to be amazing views of the mountains amazing b- views of the bay just tacoma it's just going to encompass everything that wow. tacoma is made of that's amazing how many rooms is that hotel going to be about a, a approximately 160 rooms. Okay. You know they're 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 trying to make some larger to have some space yeah. and, and and as many rooms as possible. But that's just phase one, tower mm-hmm. one. Um, once wow. this is up and running, it's self funded. You know, contrary to the mm-hmm. casino, which we had to borrow for that massive structure. Yeah. You know, you, when you see that structure, I, I always you've heard the saying, "Everything's big in Texas." Yeah. Well, you're, they're going to start to say everything's big in Tacoma. <laughs> we are going to bring attention to the city of Tacoma. Yeah. And it's just going to be just a beautiful development. And so Tower 2 will be, you know, a couple years down the road, but we certainly want to grow into it. Um, but we're, we're super excited. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's talk about a couple of other things you've got coming, like, right now. So Firecracker Alley. Mm-hmm. It's open. 
Yes. Um, I think last Friday was a lot of people starting to be open. Uh, um, there's like 14 food vendors down there this year. I've been sampling a little bit from everybody. <laughs> and have um, they met your quality standards? Um, yeah, Good. a lot of them have. Um, I haven't made my way to everybody yet. 14's a lot, and you can only eat so much at a time. Uh, but there's amazing food down there. There's more stands than there have been in previous years. It's just a, what I love about uh, fireworks season down at Firecracker Alley is it's really a community event. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to see these folks that you haven't seen maybe honestly in a year since right. fireworks season. And there's amazing deals going on down there. Uh, the big, huge show, Class B show, will be on um, July 1st. Um, come in. Uh, it starts at dusk. So if you want to come in a little bit early, get your spot set up and go to your food vendors, go buy some fireworks um, and then watch the show. Uh, I think it's it's different for me this year because I'm usually down there in the yeah. food vending area, but I will be there this Friday. I mean, not Friday, Saturday uh, for dinner. Okay. Nice. So is uh, is when is the so for those of you who don't know, uh, Anna had a food truck called the Diva Diner that is not right. doing a full run this year. Mm. But you are going to do a special night. When is that? That is this Saturday for dinner. Okay. Nice. <laughs> What's your menu? Um, so down at the fireworks stands, it became really big. We make dirty rice. We make it a little bit different than everybody else makes it. And we have this drink. Uh, it's an energy drink, and we call it pimp juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a big deal down at uh, Firecracker Alley. Um, so, and we'll be doing strawberry shortcake. Nice yeah. little plug there. But it's a great time just to bring your kids down. And for me this year, it's just really crazy. Um, you know, selling fireworks is something that we were required to do growing up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something you wanted to do. Right. Oh, wow. um, you either, for me, uh, because I was a girl, I either had to sell fireworks or I had to uh, babysit. Oh. And so I take my turns on whatever that was. And then I think I'm out of it. And then my partner, Kirby, is really big in fireworks and here I am selling fireworks again. And I thought I just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back it. in. <laughs> and so, but yeah, I Thank love everything so about it. And you know, David, David still does fireworks. It's just, it's just. I guess it's in our blood. We have yeah. a, a gunpowder in our veins or something. But it's, it's just. Uh, I've watched all these kids grow up that. They're grown. They're mm-hmm. graduated from high school. So it, it seems a lot different to me this year. And this is the first year I haven't fully worked down there. So mm-hmm. getting to visit mm-hmm. has been unreal and actually really getting to visit. Because most of the time I'd get an order in the middle of visiting. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I got to go. <laughs> and so, but yeah, it's just a fun time. There's offsite locations too. Um, Pialops aren't just located. There's businesses that have Pialop tribal businesses, uh, smoke shops. A lot of them have firework stands in front of them. There's some that are by the EQC and Fife. There's some that are by the EQC in Tacoma. There's some offsite locations that are pretty awesome too. So we're a little bit of everywhere when it comes to fireworks. So, yeah. Awesome. Yes. And I got to tell you, um, Anna partnered with my wife, Kelly, and mm-hmm. they make some amazing food. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, I, I think what she's not uh, being totally upfront with you is the FOMO is real with uh. Anna and Kelly. They, <laughs> although they're not set up, they're down that they've been down there every day. I went day. there for lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going back for dinner. My wife just told me uh, dinner's, uh, dinner's back, back down at the there. alley. <laughs> Your FOMO yeah, is real. I mean, you don't have to come down just when we're down there. You, I'd, I'd recommend to your family, your friends, um, just to come down. It's just a different type of environment. It's right by the water. Mm. Um, you get to see the old Emerald Queen Casino boat. The river boat is still yeah. there. The on 
Longshore facility. Um, and there's amazing deals down there um, on uh, fireworks as well as food. And like I said, it's kind of it's the taste of Puyallup down there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's an exciting place to be. Yes. Awesome. It's one of my three favorite times of the year. Really? Fireworks season is one of the three top three because you see so many of your community members in one place. It's, yeah. it's a family atmosphere. We're teaching our kids about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. We're, we're teaching them about responsibility, and we're teaching them about customer service, and they're learning communication. And that's where I learned a lot of my communi- develop my communication yeah. skills was through the sale of fireworks as well as customer service. Yeah. When you have competitors four feet on each side of you and eight feet across the aisle, mm-hmm. you have to do something to set yourself apart from those comp- your competition. Yeah. This year there's 67 stands. I remember yeah. a time being down there when it was 129 stands. Oh wow. Really? And, and that's uh, and that was in front of the old tribal administration building. Yeah. That he was speaking of earlier. So it is a fun family atmosphere, um, great deals, and uh, just lots of great food. My second favorite one is Canoe Journey. Oh, yeah. We hosted last year. Yes. It's my favorite. That's my fa- one of my favorites because you see so many of your friends from around the Puget Sound, Canada, mm-hmm. and Alaska in one place, and mm-hmm. you get to visit with them. My third favorite is Labor Day Powwow. I was going to ask Joel you about Tribes, Labor Day Powwow. Labor Day Powwow occurs at Chief Leshai. And again, all of our community and family members come and visitors from yeah. all directions come. And, you know, we, we celebrate the return of our land and we, we sing and we dance, we eat, and uh, we share a lot of arts and crafts and gifting. And it's just a wonderful place. And so any of your listeners, please come down. Yeah. Firecracker Alley. Come 2102 to Ken- Alexander Ave, Tacoma, Washington, 98421. And then Labor, Labor Day, come down to our Labor Day powwow and, and, and celebrate. Chief Flesh High Schools. We have a salmon dinner we'll be serving, traditional salmon nice. dinner. And so it's just a wonderful way to learn about the Puyallup tribe and our culture. Awesome. Well, I noticed and for- also uh, when he's t- talking of uh, canoe journeys, mm-hmm. uh, they will be doing a landing on July 17th down uh, where we did the big, huge landing, um, a place to come ashore. What do you want to say it? Duhlelelele. A place um, to come ashore. Lovely. Yeah. And so that'll be on the 17th. So we got fireworks. Okay. We got fry bread. Yep. We got canoe journey. And then we have um, the powwow. And another thing really quickly when he was mentioning things that you learn uh, while selling fireworks and doing that type of work, we actually utilize that in our employment um, that mm-hmm. you can put that you worked in fireworks. And that oh, gives awesome. you some cash handling background. So, Oh, excellent. So a lot of people can't say that they've never had a job because you're doing work when you're down at Firecracker. You're all those essential skills, yes. like dealing with customers, dealing with competition. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Very true. One other thing we wanted to profile. So this year... And I and I, you may have done this in the past too, but we know this year you're a significant sponsor of Pride events mm-hmm. in Tacoma, and you're doing some Pride events of your own, right? We are yes. so excited to. We are very prideful. We are prideful, mm-hmm. excited to um, celebrate Pride Month with our LGBTQIA2 relatives. That's a mouthful, right? It is. <laughs> but uh, we we wanted to be uh, both respectful and inclusive. We love everybody, and and in our name Puyallup is the generous and welcoming to all. We, you know, we rec- we've been generous and welcoming in the past. We're generous and welcoming today, and we will be generous and welcoming in the future. And and so we saw this as an opportunity to celebrate, you know, our diversity, uh, celebrate inclusion, celebrate equality, and celebrate our loved ones. Nice. And July is Pride Month for the tribe. Is that right? For the for Tacoma as well as the um, oh, right. Puyallup tribe. Right. So July is Pride Month, and July fourteenth, Sunday the fourteenth, is when we're going to have our Puyallup Pride flag raised 
at the right. Puyallup Tribe Administration. We've put out a press release. We've invited our, our neighbors from Tacoma. In fact, we have Councilman Ryan Mello will be speaking. I, awesome. I got confirmation that he'll be speaking. You know, this is five years. On, on, on the heels of five years ago, we um, made legal same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, as we pass these laws, I, you know, I think of folks who have passed on that were from the LGBTQIA2 community who I wish could be here today to celebrate with us. Yeah. Robert Thomas, well, many know him as Shrimp, and Cyrus Kalapa. We just, mm. uh, we, we, miss, yeah. we miss those folks, but we have an opportunity to let our young ones know. And to honor the past by honor the past. changing the future. Yeah, and, and let our young ones know that, you know, we're here and we're going to support you. Mm-hmm. We love you and we accept you as you are. Wow. It's a beautiful message. Thank it you. is. Yeah. So I think we're going to wrap on that. Yeah, that's, that's a lovely Thank you so much for coming to talk to us. Would you guys come back again, like, maybe later in the year? Maybe close to when the casino is going to open. Yeah. We would love to. Before we, we go, yep. I, I want you to verify something for okay. me. <laughs> Put on my so, glasses. So I, I text our folks at PTCE, <gasps> and you can see that. <laughs> I got that right Who was right? Who was I got right? it right that's off all, the website. That's all I want to know is who was right. I got it right off the website. What does it say? Uh, I'm sorry. It says a pre-roll is two bucks. Oh, wow. Screaming deals on weed at the CBC. Get your ass down there, <laughs> we, folks. We were taught to be aware of our surroundings at all times, and so I'm aware. <laughs> He doesn't partake. He's just aware. He's just aware. He's, he's just an entrepreneur. Now, what we want to raise our hands. As boot boot lachi bitu boot lechef. That means we raise our hands to you. Thank you for having us, and we'd love to come back. Great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma today. We are part of the Channel Two Five Three Network, where you can also find these podcasts: Move to Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies. We Art Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounders B-Team, and Taco Man. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, please email me at candice.rude at gmail.com. That's Candice with an I, dot rude, R-U-U-D, at gmail.com. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rood, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.